Hey, we're coming at you with another classic movie here on Classic Movies Live. This is the second episode we've done where we're going to bring in a guest to talk about a movie they consider a classic. Today's guest is Rachel Ho, one half of ContraZoom Pod, as well as a uh, an editor for Exclaim and a writer at Bat Shelf. I didn't need to say all that. We're going to say all that very early on when we introduce her. Uh, so sorry for spoiling the surprise. Today's movie, I'm going to spoil this one as well, is Speed. The 1994 Keanu Reeves movie that came out, and this is true, exactly one week before the O.J. Simpson car chase. And uh, we didn't get around to talking about that, but it's very cool that that happened. It's, it's, it's very serendipitous that uh, that movie came out when it did considering this movie is about a bus that cannot slow down. And it is almost, it's probably about 60% car chase. Anyway, we're going to talk about speed today. And the way this is going to work, you know, we're going to bring in Rachel. We're going to have her uh, tell us a little bit about speed. And then we talk about it for a while. So there are, you know, some spoilers for speed. Um, it's a 20-year-old movie, so, you know, we don't really, uh, we're not really that careful with them, but do be advised. Uh, but this is a really, really cool conversation. I'm very happy with how this one went. There's some, uh, cool talk about Keanu Reeves, uh, Jeff Daniels, and, uh, just action movies in general. This is really cool. I'm, I'm very excited for you guys to hear this, but I'm just as excited for you guys to hear the main title from Speed by Mark Mancina. to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about classic movies. And today is, I believe this is only the second episode that we've done of this like kind of particular series where uh, we, we brought in someone to uh, ask them, what is a classic movie? And that person that we brought in is Rachel Ho, who is one of the co-hosts of ContraZoom Pod, an editor at Exclaim Magazine, and a writer for that shelf. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you boys doing today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And uh, I have completely ignored Pierre, who is also here. <laughs> I am good. I'm fabulous. Thank you, Jeff. Pierre's got a lot better weather than Jeff and I do at the moment, so um, we're all very jealous of him. Yeah, I made my sac. I made the sacrificial uh, lamb last night, so we're doing <laughs> that, good. That's what so we're doing. Far, I think you did I, a I rain dance, but you did the rain dance to go over east. 
Not that far east, yeah. though. Not not to the edge <laughs> the of the country. Yeah. The, the offensive rain day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, you say not that far east, but Canada is huge. It's so big. Well, we are in the east coast of America, basically. Like, we are aligned yeah. with what is considered the east coast of America, but our east coast keeps going. We have a whole other province, many provinces between us and the east coast. Yeah, there's like four of them or something. Yeah, the Maritimes, though, they're they're just... They're one, right? Like, let's let's be real. Like, let's be real here. Prince Edward Island doesn't count. I went there for the first time last year. Ooh. Really small place. Look nice, they though. Have potatoes cute. there. And a lot of red dirt. A lot of Ooh. red dirt. That's kind of their thing. And Anna Green That's Gables, cool. who's also a redheaded lady. So there's that, too. Uh, so in... Um... The last time we had someone on, we had someone on to tell us why Paddington 2 was a classic movie and what being a classic movie even means. And uh, we wanted another perspective. So, Rachel, what movie have you have you chosen for us to uh, talk about its status as a classic movie today? I have chosen Jean de Bont's seminal classic, Speed, from 1994, which I consider to be the best year in cinema. 1994. Really? What else? What else came out that year? 1994 uh, is a banging Schindler's year. Too, I think. Lion King, Forrest Gump, True Lies, Dumb and Dumber, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, The Mask. That was another one. Batman, I think. Or no, no. Batman Forever comes out next year. Dumb and Dumber it is and great. The Mask for the same year. Jim Carrey's run is very, very short in the 90s. Like, he just did a lot in very, like, it's kind of like the Beatles. Like, the Beatles did a lot, but, like, in a very short period of time. Jim Carrey did a lot, but in a very, very short period of time. But I contend. He was in, like, probably two or three movies every year, starting at one year in the 90s and ending at about 2003. Wow, Ace Ventura came out in 94, too. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, there you go. Wow. That is insane. Yeah, he he had a great run. I think what else was there? Uh, Pulp Fiction came out in 94. Um, A lot of good stuff. I genuinely think 94 is the best year in cinema. Like just pound for pound, it is a fantastic year in movies. Was Pulp Fiction 1994? Because didn't that win an Oscar for screenplay? Oh, it did. And it won in 1995. So yes, it was 1994. Yeah, it's a great year. Great, great year. Oh, with that meant when Shawshank to 94 then as well? Shawshank might yes. have been 94. Yeah, there you go. Uh, wow. Speed actually beat Shawshank for an Oscar. Dang up, see? see? Pulp Fiction beat Shawshank for an Oscar too, which I'm just going to just saying. Or, <laughs> sorry, I Shawshank's a great movie. But yeah. Did Shawshank get an Oscar? It was nominated for a lot, and it seems to have lost a lot. Shawshank was a movie that was like, no one went to watch it. I think critics liked it. It did get awarded, but like it didn't actually get awarded. It just got nominated. And then, yeah, it kind of seemed like a movie that a lot of people forget, but I would argue it's like probably one of the most endearing movies. It was on Superstation for ages when I was growing up. It was like on, on a constant loop on TBS, but it's a great movie, obviously. 94, everybody. Best movie, best year in film. To start off Speed, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what Speed is about? Sorry to put all of this, like, front-loading all of the effort No problem. You, you so got to tell us what Speed's about. So Speed is about an LAPD uh, officer, Jack Traven, and uh, Harry Temple. Jack Traven's played by 
The Greatest, Keanu Reeves, and Harry Temple by Jeff Daniels, who is fantastic in this movie. They both are. They're both really great. Speed is effectively split into three parts. You've got a bomber who's, uh, again, a great Dennis Hopper, um, who is setting a trap in an office building, uh, and that gets thwarted by Jack and Harry. Same bomber goes and does the bus, which says he puts a bomb on the bus, and it will be activated uh, when the bus goes above 50 miles per hour. And it will also explode um, if the speed drops below 50 miles per hour. And then there's a third act on a subway, which is unnecessary, but it's excellent. <laughs> it's just it's fantastic. Uh, Sandra Bullock is also in it, um, who I believe this was her first big movie was was this one i think this was her first breakout role and she plays a passenger on the bus who ends up being the driver um, after the original driver gets shot that's effectively the movie it is a classic 90s action film it's got a fantastic keanu reeves and a fantastic sandra bullock and jeff daniels and dennis hopper it's a great movie all around you guys do you guys like the movie i didn't even ask you guys do you guys even like this movie pierre why don't you go first yeah, it's like the per- it's like the epitome of like '90s action schlock, but like very well done, you know. So I definitely awesome. see like I mean the whole premise is so stupid, but like it's so the stupid. Way, the way they're able to make it actually like pretty intense and like they basically they were like I feel like the writers were like like okay what would be like a weird situation okay like <laughs> keep a bus running for like a whole movie. Because they were like, they had writer's block or something. They did it as a writer's exercise. And then they thought of like literally everything that could happen if you were stuck (laughs) on a bus (laughs) running at 50 miles an hour. So they really like stretched the limits of it, but like in a good way. In a very good way. Jeff, how about you? Did you actually like this movie? Um, I thought like, so like it's, it's in three parts. And like you said, and like. I don't know if uh, all three parts needed to be quite as long as they were, but in yes, general, they did. yeah. I really the did. answer is yes, they did. They absolutely did. The movie doesn't work right. almost exactly how it is. No, the third, I will say the third act in particular, I think is a bit much. It's a bit, I'll admit, it's a bit much, but no. So Jeff, this was your first time watching it, um, preparing for this because I picked Speed. Pierre, have you, yeah. you'd seen it before though, right? I'd seen like, I think I saw the bus part. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember the start or the end, but yeah, I saw the bus okay. before. Okay, I'm glad you like yeah. it. I'm glad it you really cool like, like it. Watch, watch it as a whole, though. Yeah, the whole thing, I, and it's um, not a very long movie either. I don't think like it's, it's like a. It's an hour and fifty seven minutes, so it's two hours. It's a, it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel well. Maybe no. yeah, in the subway, it's feeling a little long. But like the no. bus part, the bus part just goes is, is very very quick. It just and, speeds yeah. right through. Speeds right through, yeah. guys. I kind of thought that like I think I was I was a little surprised by how much buildup there was in this movie Mm -hmm. like the whole first act I didn't even I definitely did not expect the whole first act and then like the part on the bus goes by so quick and then the subway like it feels like the movie's already done and then there's also a subway part which has its moments for sure but like I don't know at that point it feels like the movie's already over and this is something else tacked on Yes, but I think so. I my argument for why this is a classic is it's kind of exactly what Pierre said, which is it's the epitome of a '90s action movie, and the '90s action film genre, I'll say, 
is incredibly distinctive and it is i think some of the i don't say some of the best action because i think that in recent years we've definitely seen maybe better more well done action but i think it is some of the most entertaining action movies that you'll ever find is in the 90s and i think it's partly because at that point technology has gotten better than what it was back in obviously the very very early days of cinema um but even through you know the 70s and the 80s you kind of lose the odd campiness of the 80s and then in the 90s it's more like a grungy campiness um that matches the decade very very well and to me like you don't think of the 90s in terms of movies anyways i don't think you think of the 90s without thinking about action movies because it is such a part of that decade and i think speed is one of those movies that is the most illustrative of that genre and i think especially because it came pretty early on and like it's 94 so it came earlier in the decade you can make the argument i know that you know jeff you want to raise point of what else did it influence and to me i don't know if it really influenced other movies per se but i think it pushed along what how successful this genre could be and how well done it could be because it's not just kind of a schlocky action movie like it's actually very very well put together and um i'll also say the score is very very good i don't know if people really realize how good the score is but it's fantastic and it's also very 90s though the score like it sounds like something Mm -hmm. from the 90s i'll say also i think the 90s was kind of when it's like right before at least 94 especially is like right before cgi started making a big impact so this Mm -hmm. was like basically practical effects yeah like a completely mostly practical effects movie to like at its peak technology before um uh, I feel like Jurassic Park really brought in CGI and then I think this was then that influence carried into the early 2000s and then you get stuff like I, I still remember Blade 2 I think Blade 2 was like 2000 Blade 1 was like felt a lot actually felt a lot like speed in the way it was shot oh, that's I think, a good point like, I thought about that. and then Blade 2 was like I think some of those action scenes were like entirely CGI and you can like kind of feel the difference for sure there's a point when CGI becomes, it's like, I feel like every, I'm, I'm going to blame George Lucas for this because I think people just got <laughs> so excited about CGI that they completely forgot that like you can do some of the stuff practically and then supplement it with CGI, which I think we're kind of in a good spot with that now. I think that mm-hmm. people have kind of calmed down on on CGI a little, but that's a really good point though, because I think back back in 94, it's still very, very practical effects heavy yeah. and you know, like the explosions and everything like that that they do in this one. Like Michael Bay must have been so. Je- maybe that's where Michael Bay got it all from. It's from this movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Michael Bay yeah. was just starting off. I yeah. Think, I mean, he's a too. he's a big part of '90s action too, though. Michael Bay, like yeah. towards the end of the decade, he he does some really great stuff with '90s action movies. Are you guys into '90s action? Like, and Dakota doesn't like '90s action. I mean, I guess kind of, though. I wouldn't be able to like tell you a bunch I, I wouldn't be able to tell you like all my favorite 90s action movies because like i don't know but i i definitely like it when i see it i just don't have a good working knowledge of it i guess yeah i feel the same i feel like if i ever see it it's like really fun and stuff mm-hmm. and i'd love to watch it as a like in groups of people but i wouldn't like be like oh i'm, I'm looking for another 90s action movie to to enjoy oh, um but yeah, I feel like especially after after Speed, I feel like a lot of stuff might feel derivative of it because it just kind of took a lot of elements and made it really solid. Like there's so like I think one part I really liked is that 
it took itself really seriously while being cheesy. Yeah. And that's something that I think, I think we kind of got in the early 2000s, but like 2010s, 2020s, all action movies kind of laugh. So serious. At, yeah. Yeah. They're like serious. And then if there's something silly they, uh, from the source material, like, especially, you know, with like Marvel and stuff, they like, they try to make fun of it, right? Rather than take it seriously. But Speed of like, I will never like, I think that the bus ramp sequence <laughs> is probably like, the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and like, like that's that's one of those things where like I was watching it alone, but like you would look around at people you're watching with and like did, or did we watch like did we just watch that? And like that was supposed to be like an actual like moment thing. in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but didn't you feel like they actually built the tension, even though it's dumb and you're like, come on, this is so stupid. Well, yeah. But it's like they build the tension to a point that you're just like Oh my god! I hope they make it. Like when it's about to take yeah, off, yeah. you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like it, it, yeah, you're right. No, they, That's actually a good point, though. They do take it very, very seriously. Well, I think the tension is built because from, from I think up to that point, like everything is like mostly it's cheesy, but it's like realistic. Like I could see theoretically <laughs> it happening, and then so you're taking it seriously, and then I feel like once you see the bus is like lifted like 45 <laughs> degrees before even leaving the ramp. I think that's when the movie kind of like jumps the shark. I think in a good yeah. way. And then you're just kind of like, okay, like the rest of the movie is just up for grabs. I don't care what happens at this point. I'm along for the ride. And that's like a very, because after that, I feel like it kind of loses the stakes as much. Yeah. But also the movie gets a lot goofier and a lot um, like the subway sequence, for example, is just yeah. really weird. But I feel like maybe the subway sequence would be seen as a lot worse if you didn't already have that yeah. really weird bus angle, you know? I think I, the oh sorry Jeff you haven't been able to speak. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say like with the ramp sequence, I really respect that like there's barely even a ramp. Like <laughs> I, I don't remember there might be a ramp, but not really. I think they no, just like, there's not. Yeah, they just there's not. They just fly off the road, and like most movies that I've seen would put like a conveniently placed pickup with a wooden ramp or something, <laughs> or like a slight elevation on the road, but not at all. They're just like, we got to jump it. And there's no way that they could gain any like upward momentum at all. They're just, just going to jump. Keanu says there's like an incline. Yeah. I was going to say, they, they do they say do the there's jump. an incline. But then there's like a shot of the actual thing. Maybe they couldn't no, find could. like an actual highway that under construction yeah. with a rent, like a more incline. So they just had to work with what they got, but there was no, I think it was actually like, lower if anything like it was, it was less than <laughs> so like but it's, and it's off of a curve too there's like a bit of a curve in the road so it's not even like a straight yeah. way where you can build up like you had to have slowed down for yeah. that curve yeah. um with that sequence so the two things i really like about is one i like when they show the shot of the gap in the bridge um they show like birds flying through to be like this is your gap. Like they really want to demonstrate to you. There is a gap in the road, you guys, and there's birds flying through it. And then I, like you mentioned the subway scene, um, Pierre in conjunction with the ramp scene. That to me was one of the funniest parts of the movie is when they're in the, and then Joe Morton, who I can't remember his hair. I know his name's not Harry. That's the other guy, but he, he comes onto the radio and he was just like, it's not finished. Like the track's not finished. There's a gap in the track. And you're just like, really again they're gonna do that and then keanu in his fantastic keanu way is like i'm gonna jump it <laughs> just like what <laughs> what are you talking about I and i love that even... i love that they end the movie like that i think that that's really funny 
I still Wait, don't even get that sequence. I thought he just like, like I thought he was just like we gotta speed up even more. Yeah, he's like I'm gonna speed it up, and then like the idea is like we're gonna fly off the track kind of thing. Like rather oh. than slow oh, down, we're just I gonna see. speed it up, and then we're just gonna like shoot off of it in the same oh, way. Like because he thought learned, the goal was there he was learned from the past. Oh, I, like when he, was, when he said jump, I thought I interpreted it as like because there was a turn that if they were going fast enough, the the, the train would like. Oh. Jump, like leave the track and then crash yeah so, like, i think that's what he meant saved. like jump off the track oh, okay. kind of thing yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. the no, way like, they showed it another one is that he just sped up so he would be more likely to kill those construction workers <laughs> yeah. and then the train just kind of did what it would have done going at a regular speed anyway yeah. so like no no yeah. you gotta you gotta speed it up because movie's called speed <laughs> <laughs> i love it though i i love those little things because I actually, I never really thought of it that way, Pierre, in the the sense of, like, it is such a goofy movie, but everybody in that movie is taking it very, very seriously. Like, every move that, like, it's no matter how ridiculous it is, you kind of believe it because of how serious everybody in the movie is about that. So, like, even lines that are silly, like, I mean, some really classic lines come from this movie as well, I just want to say. Um, But, like, when the lady, when, when Sandra Bullock's driving the bus and then she hits the the stroller with the cans in it like that is such a ridiculous moment but in the moment you're like oh my god she just hit a baby and then it's just a lady with cans and then it gets you the great line of cans it's just cans which is a fantastic line reading from keanu reeves there's so many parts in this movie where the bus is obviously going really fast Mm -hmm. but then like someone is just someone looked they they show them looking both ways and then crossing the street in front of this bus anyway. Yeah. That happens... Okay, it doesn't happen like that often, but it's like two or three times. And how do you see a bus that's not slowing down and go, yeah, it's probably safe to cross? Because it's always like kids I mean, crossing too. True. Kids, kids are stupid though. Like what do kids know? Yeah, kids but it's a dumb. crossing guard that's like oh, letting yeah, I them forgot across. About yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? That does they see happen. the cops walk by and then they're just instantly like yeah. on the road without looking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. No. Oh, fair enough. Okay. You... Fine. One point off of speed. No, I, I think though that was awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's like, a part of what made it fun. Yeah. It's <laughs> This movie is like it's very unabashed in like when when it does stuff like that. It's like these are ridiculous situations which it puts in there specifically because they're ridiculous and then you still kind of take them seriously like you were saying because yeah. like everyone in the movie is taking them seriously. But I'd also say there's like a couple a few things I do think genuinely ground the movie a little bit and I think that kind of actually revolves around Jeff Daniels' character Harry. Mm-hmm. He is the thing that makes the movie not go too crazy i think because he is just a normal swat guy like he's a bomb diffuser is that what they're called i don't know but that's Mm. that's like he's the one that that to me is the one that makes this movie it keeps it from going to like just a ridiculously stupid action movie which i'm sure some people like Dakota would disagree with me on that one, but I think Jeff Daniels is the reason because he he's such a good actor as well, and so is Dennis Hopper. I should say the two of them, but they are the ones who really make it so that it feels a bit more realistic in a way. And then they also have like more emotional notes. Like Harry is the one at the beginning where he gets shot, which is that's all very funny as well. But he 
I mean, I don't know. Spoiler. It's an old movie. Whatever. If you haven't seen it already, that's it's, your problem. It's not a spoiler. It happens in the first 10 minutes. No, no, no. I was going to say, like, he dies. Like, he gets, like, oh, you yeah. know, he that's, dies, that's which is a spoiler. spoiler. It's, a tw- it's like a 20-year-old movie at this point. So, I, no. 30-year-old movie. Oh, Good oh. Lord. Um, but it's nearly 30 years old. But... Um, yeah, him dying in that, like that to me was like, he's, he's just so good. And that's one of my favorite scenes in a, in not any movie, but it's one of my favorite moments in a film where he trips the, the bomb wire and in his face, like, you know, he's just done. And he, he's very accepting of the fact that he's about to die. And in a movie that is this goofy and it's this ridiculous and this jump the shark to have a performance like Jeff Daniels in there. I think is tremendous. Like, I think that that to me is what makes this movie the most like quite balanced. Um, oddly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This. Okay. So 1994 was a weird year for Jeff Daniels. Cause he was in this and dumb and dumber, which is like <laughs> also not- named Harry in dumb and dumber, another Harry in dumb and dumber. <laughs> so weird. Notably not a movie where he has to be, well, I guess, I don't know. I haven't seen dumb and dumber in a while. I know that movie does have like a lot more heart than I give it credit for. It's very but, like, good this is definitely a much more dramatic performance from Jeff Daniels. Much more. And I would say, I want to double check something, but there was a movie. I don't know if it was in 94. No. Okay. It was a little bit later. There was a movie called flyway home. Do you guys remember that movie? Is it the one with like no. the girl who, uh, Anna makes a fly- she makes a flying machine and there's like a bunch of Canada geese. Yes. So it's a okay, Canadian. Yeah. Is it a Canadian movie? I don't know if it was made in Canada. I think partly. Yeah, it's partly Canadian movie. Um, but that. OK, so that came out in 96. So that's just like a couple years after. That is Jeff Daniels being like the most family friendly guy. Like and I always took those three performances from Jeff Daniels, Speed, Dumb and Dumber and Fly Away Home. And I just thought, what an actor. <laughs> like what a yeah. guy. You can have those three movies in fairly, fairly close succession to one another. I mean like Dumb and Dumber and Speed are in the same year, but it's like you can that just shows his range as an actor and I think Jeff Daniels is oddly oddly underrated for an actor. I don't think that he comes up that often when people talk about great actors. I would definitely agree because like I don't think I've ever seen a performance from him that I would describe as anything less than like incredible and yet I don't think of him that much like Mm. I don't I don't mean to not think of him that much but like he just doesn't come up that much. I think it's also his doing though like I don't think he was ever an actor that was like I'm gonna be um like I'm, I'm gonna be like a famous person like he just was famous by via his profession versus saying like i want to be famous or for be an actor and also he doesn't not to say that he's ugly like he's he's a perfectly handsome man but he do, he's not like keanu reeves or brad pitt like he doesn't have that kind of leading man yeah. handsomeness to him he's just like a normal looking man so that might be why yeah. as well i guess where it's curious is like a lot of actors like that you know they're not necessarily like jeff daniels isn't a franchise guy he's not going to be no. in franchises or anything but like he's such a good actor that you would almost expect that 30 plus years into his career, he might've been seen at the golden globes or the Oscars or something, but I don't think he has. I don't think he's ever been nominated. Has he? Mm. Maybe the golden globes, but I don't pay as much attention to the golden globes. I'm not sure. I know he is. He was in one movie. What is that movie? Oh, he's been nominated for five golden globes and three Tonys. So like he's he's done well for himself. He does stage stuff a lot too. That is another thing, is that like anybody who does a lot of stage work, they don't tend to 
He was in Steve Jobs. I swear he was in something. The Newsroom. That's what I'm thinking about. The Newsroom. That's the TV show that he did. That's a fantastic show if people haven't seen it. The Newsroom is an excellent, excellent TV show. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. I've never seen Jeff Daniels in something and thought, well, he kind of phoned it in that time. Where sometimes (laughs) you think that about some actors. Um, But not Jeff Daniels. And I I just think it's like... Dennis Hopper, same thing. Like Dennis Hopper, what a what a legendary kind of actor to be in a movie this silly in a way. And I just want to point out, he's coming off the masterpiece in this movie. Like this movie is two years after the uh, masterpiece, the Super Mario Bros. movie, where he played King Koopa. Also, an incredible role from Den- from Dennis Hopper. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Oh gosh, that movie. How fun. How fun that movie. But yeah, I, I just think like there's there's a lot in this movie that is it's easy to write it off as just being kind of like a silly nineties action movie. But I think when you actually break it down and look at the each like individual component of it and like say the acting is very good across the board, I would say. Like yeah. this is a perfect role for Keanu Reeves as well. It's like at that age and that stage of career that, that Keanu was in. And Sandra Bullock is insanely charming and sweet in this, and their their chemistry is really great. Then you look at like the the set pieces, which um, Pierre touched on in terms of CGI. It looks great. Like none of it looks. I've watched this movie probably like once a year at least, and it never really looks dated to me. Like other than the like wardrobe in terms of, like what they're wearing, but even that that kind of comes back around. But it doesn't feel dated. Whereas if I watch something like if i watch something like um indiana jones or something like that like when the face is melting that like they have that face melting thing it's like you can kind of see the filmmaking is a little bit dated but i don't really get that from from speed no actually i i don't know how much we want to talk about it right yet because it's still fairly early into the episode but like this movie reminds me an awful lot of a, another movie that came out last year. And like they, uh, this movie and Ambulance, the set pieces are basically exactly the same. <laughs> and they both look exactly as good. I mean, there's a lot. Ambulance is a pretty different movie, but um, that I'm sure we'll talk about later. But uh, Ambulance, th- this movie reminded me a lot of Ambulance. I was like, when I was watching this, I was like, there's no way that Ambulance isn't at least on some level, Michael Bay trying to remake Speed. It's so similar in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know this for sure. I don't really watch much Michael Bay interviews or read much about him. But like, I do think he comes from the school of the 90s action, which is for better and for worse. Like sometimes he doesn't do it very well. But sometimes when he nails it, though, I think that he really, really does a very, very great job. I think Ambulance is a great example of that like i think Mm -hmm. he absolutely smashes it and i'd say with the exception of like the drone work that gets done in ambulance that you don't get in speed because well for obvious reasons that didn't exist back then um but even then there's some really great like aerial shots that they got with helicopters and which is Mm -hmm. the old school way of doing it uh but yeah i i completely agree with the comparison to ambulance though i think that that's a very very apt very apt comparison yeah, I think when I was watching this, a lot of, um, I kind of thought that, you know, if this movie, if Speed was made today, and I know that uh, Jan DeBont has been uh, coy about whether or not there will ever be a Speed 3, but he definitely, like, there, there probably won't be, but there he has it in be. his mind and he wants there to be. If he were to make one now, like, 
it would look a lot like Ambulance with the drone shots and with, you know, all of the filmmaking that Michael Bay did. Probably not, probably not quite as short of cuts because that's not, doesn't seem to be Yann DeBont's style, but I would, yeah. Ambulance is probably very close to what Speed would look like today. Probably. Also, um, that sequence from Shang-Chi is extremely similar. I noticed that. But uh, on uh, the bus, yeah. where she, yeah. like, the, the female companion's driving while he's, yeah. while he's, I guess, fighting on the bus. I, I still think, but I think noticing how, I think speed, like speed, the way they do it is just way better, though. You can feel, you can feel like kind of the, I don't want to say like the grittiness of, of the of what they were using i feel like in shang chi there's a lot of tensions lost because you can tell i mean obviously i think they were shooting on a green screen background in the bus too but i never felt that you know like i, I felt very connected i think it might have been because they were very there's a lot of scenes where keon was coming in and out of the bus <laughs> which is also kind of ridiculous <laughs> but i'm surprised i'm surprised no tensions lost with how easily he can come in and out of that bus too like <laughs> It's amazing. I remember uh, I was also thinking of like The Last Jedi, oddly enough, when I was watching this. Because I remember oh, okay. The Last Jedi, the whole movie's like kind of like a slow chase and characters are just coming in and out of the space spaceship and you're just like, well, this is stupid. Like if, if people can just escape whenever they want, what's where's the tension, right? But in this, it's like Keanu is coming in and out of that bus. He's coming un- coming in under the bus and he's Going coming under out under the yeah. bus. Too. Like, I love that like, scene when he goes underneath the bus. That was like one of my favorite things. But they do yeah. clarify. They're saying like he 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 negotiates to say like, at least let me get off of this bus so that I can try to figure something yeah, no. out for you. Right. Like sense. they do. They kind of. Explain. And then they do blow up the lady who tried to get off the bus. That, yeah, that yeah. That's Anytime a thing. someone wants to get off the bus, it's a big deal for one reason yeah. or another. I was kind of happy when they. <laughs> I felt bad because she's an innocent lady, but I was just. But she was being key. stupid, was like, yeah, though. Like yeah, that that like, scene always annoys me because I'm always like, why, like, lady, like, actually, she, it's not her. It's more of the cops that are on the other that are on the other truck. They're well, just like, yeah, I don't come know along. If they all knew, right? Oh, but they should, like I that to me seems should, very important yeah. information that you should distill amongst your team is that. Nobody yeah. can get off this bus, guys. So if somebody tries to, because like they're like, why wouldn't you just evacuate everybody? So I'm always mad at mm-hmm. the cops for that because I'm like, what are you guys doing? This lady dies, yeah. but she was kind of annoying. I won't. She's kind I of do annoying. Like, generally, like scenes in action movies like that where they're like, no, the stakes are real. Like you can't just, you, you can't just like get someone off the bus. That's something that, yeah. the, that the person is specifically not going to allow. And like. You know, it can be executed better or worse, but I think that scenes like that are sometimes kind of important, especially in a movie like this, yeah. where like everyone is taking it so seriously that like you need to make you, you need to show that the bad guy is taking it seriously too. Yeah, and I like the, the bad guy like, too. I don't, I I don't like it, but like they run her over too. Like she ends up getting clipped underneath <laughs> the back wheel of the bus, which I'm like, that is so excessive. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like they didn't need to. They didn't need to do her so hard, but. They did. Because like you said, though, it kind of just said it tells the audience like this is what will happen. Like this, this bomber, he's not fucking around like he is. He is going to. Yeah. yeah, Like he's not just talk. He will actually kill people and like he will do that. And if the although, I mean, could you argue that the elevator scene kind of does that as well? I don't know, but he didn't kill anybody in that. I don't know. No, like almost except the elevator scene is like 
the elevator scene is almost forgotten by that point in the movie. Like it's very yeah. clearly yeah. important, but like once the bus starts, it's all about the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's called speed. So it's like yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. But I, I like the elevator scene just simply because I like that the movie starts straight away. Like, you know how some movies nowadays it'll start with, say, like Jack Trevin at home. Like, that's how a movie, yeah. like, if this were, like, they would have started with him at home and, like, getting getting ready for his day. Like, kind of when they saw, they show him um, going to the coffee shop and getting something, and then that's when he sees the bus blow up, uh, another bus blow up. But I feel like, I like that they just start with an action scene. Like, they just literally start straight away with, there's an office building, these guys got trapped, there's a bomb on there, let's go. Like, that's within, what, five minutes of the movie. <laughs> they already have that set up. I'm like, that's incredible. So, like, very different movies, but th- that actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Drive My Car, which has an hour-long build-up before the actual movie starts. Yeah. And, like, at the point where he's just gotten to Osaka in that movie, I think it's Osaka, uh, and he's, like, interviewing with the people who he's going to take the job with, uh, you could start the movie there, and the general plot of the movie, you would get the general plot of the movie. But the movie would be way lesser for excluding that first hour of buildup. And like, I think that with speed, you kind of get that same thing with the elevator scene. You could start with Jack Traven in the coffee shop, uh, getting a coffee with his buddy and like, you know, going out and seeing the bus blow up. You could start there. No, you you shouldn't because if you don't start like if you. If you start there, you get the whole bus scene and you get the subway and you get like technically the whole plot of the movie, but you miss why the villain is has anything to do with this movie. And you miss that and, entire and half why, hour of And also why they specifically is going, they're finding Jack Traven. Like why yeah. specifically they're aiming for Jack Traven. Like, because what they could have done, say say if they had started it out with that scene. I was like, okay, this is interesting. So in, if they had started it with that scene and then Jack Traven sees another city bus blow up, talks on the payphone, gets in the car and then goes. You would have had to have what, like a three minute scene of just dialogue of just like retracing. Why is this person now after you? So instead of doing that, they commit 20 minutes. I don't even know how long the first act is, but like say 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes of just showing you exactly why is this guy so pissed off? what he looks like as well. Like there's no mystery as to who the bomber is. Like we know who it is straight away. And you also see the dynamic between Harry and Jack, which you wouldn't see if you just started with the coffee shop scene. Mm-hmm. So that's actually, it's a, it's interesting to like re jig a movie like that and see, because I do think, you know, so many times when you see these like director's cuts and they, they get mo- stuff taken away from them. I'm like mm-hmm. the studio says, get rid of this, get rid of that or something like that. It's interesting to see like how a scene that, effectively doesn't change the plot like you said because you get the entire plot of the movie starting at the coffee shop but it's actually pretty necessary to put those 20-30 minutes however long that scene is at the very very beginning and it does also make the uh for lack of a better term start of the movie where they're in the bus it makes that hit harder dramatically Mm -hmm. because because of all that build-up for one but also because that first 20-30 minutes is by comparison uh, in a movie called Speed, so slow. Yeah. They're literally just standing around <laughs> looking at the elevator for most very of the time. Very true. Yeah, very, and very like, true. So when they get on the bus and can't slow down, it's in such stark contrast to everything else that's happened in the movie so far that it immediately brings you into the movie. 
Yeah, absolutely. I like I think I mean, I'm very biased because this genuinely is one of my favorite movies to watch. Like I like I'm not even joking when I say I at least watch it once a year, probably twice a year if I'm being completely honest with myself. So I do really enjoy it just on an entertainment value. But I think that it's fun to break it down like this because I actually think it shows it is a very good movie. Like it's actually a genuinely well-made movie. And Mm -hmm. there are people, again, I'm going to throw Dakota under the bus again, because like there are people who just don't like this type of movie because it's like, there is a certain type of vibe to a, to a nineties action movie um, that is very, very specific. That is different to an eighties action movie, I would say. But, and, and that can be written off sometimes as being maybe a bit campy, a little bit too goofy. And probably towards the end of the 90s, maybe it does get that way. Like maybe it does get a little bit too much. But for the time that Speed came out, I think that it was still such a legit genre, even though that they probably didn't realize it was obviously didn't know that it was going to end up being as distinctive as it was. But it's it's fun to like look at the different elements of speed and like take it down because I think Pierre was saying how he's really surprised like with all the the tension that they can keep up and I would say like probably the reason that they're able to do that is just simply from the score like Mark Mancini's mm-hmm. score is probably the reason that so much tension remains within the movie because it's such a good score and they use it's it really so really good. well it's so mm-hmm. good. Um. Actually, so this reminds me a little bit. I don't know. Um, I'm a little bit younger than Dakota, so I don't know if he was like watching TV the same time as I was. But uh, when I was, you know, watching TV in the early 2000s in my parents' bedroom or whatever, and just flipping through channels, 90s action movies are was what was on TV. Yeah. And I think that like that's where a lot of my experience of 90s action movies comes from, and in that respect, like speed is speed is like, it's definitely got the vibe of most of those nineties action movies. Cause it is a nineties action movie. And that's very much a style of the time. Where was I going with this? I was just thinking like, I wonder if like, that's why I don't know so much. And I mean, I'm, I'm a lot different now than I was in the early two thousands, but like I'm predisposed to like, Look at a poster like Speed's poster specifically. It's got Keanu Reeves. <laughs> his face is big there, and there's like a half the on it's fire. half the fo- it's half the yeah. poster is Keanu. And like, yeah, and like in the '90s, there were so many posters like that. Like, look at any Steven Seagal poster, and it's not that different. <laughs> and like, I see that poster. I see like a three set a three minute cross section of the movie, and it's like, yeah, I'm not likely to think very much of that movie based on a poster and a three minute cross section because I've seen that whole movie before on you know TNT between commercials or whatever, and like I think that's why it's like really interesting occasionally to like go back and actually watch these movies that in my experience are like I pretty much know them from watching them on TV between doing other things. But like actually sitting down and watching this, it's like it, it is like it is a really good movie. Damn right it is. I can't remember the first time that I watched this movie. Actually, I have it on VHS, so somebody in my family must have loved it. But like I, yeah, I can't. I don't really remember because I was would have been how old would I have been? Six, seven years old when this movie came out. So I was like a little younger. I was still like a child when this came out and probably not of the correct age to watch this movie. Um, But I also watched a lot of action movies that I probably shouldn't have been watching at a very young age. So yeah, I don't remember the first time I watched it, but it's just one of those that 
I definitely watched it like probably on VHS. Like maybe I rented it, like maybe my family rented it or something like that or, you know, whatever. So it's always just been a part for me. Like, whereas you were saying you've always known it as a movie on TV. This has just been a movie that I just watched all the time since I was, I was young. Whereas Shawshank Redemption is probably my movie that I watched on TV constantly because it was always on. That's the thing. It was always on. Speed wasn't on that much though. I don't recall it being on that much. I don't, I don't know if I specifically saw Speed on TV, no. but like if you're flipping between channels, you'll see a car chase from an action movie or like something exploding. And like, that's not all that's like, you you can't condense Speed into entirely that. I mean, yeah. you can probably condense Speed into just a car chase, but like a lot of the movies of the time are like kind of indistinguishable in three minute segments, if that's all you see of them. That's true. I mean, like, again, it's it's just the uh, it's just the time period. It was just the way movies were made back then. And like you could say, like, I'm sure you could take that now and just get like really brooding moments from films today and string them together and be like, that is epitome. Like, I think comparing action movies from the 90s to specifically what we've got today, like right now. I mean, look at John Wick and that's Keanu as well, right? Like John Wick mm-hmm. is a super, super serious movie, but it's also ridiculous though. Like John Wick is a ridiculous franchise in its own way, but it oh, yeah. is done so incredibly seriously in a different mm-hmm. way than Speed was serious. But John Wick is, I would argue, just as ridiculous as Speed, but it like we take it a lot more. Like I think it has a lot more legitimacy to it for whatever reason. And it's kind of interesting to say specific, to compare it specifically to John Wick, because John Wick, especially the first one, was like also growing out of a trend at the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know too much about the behind the scenes of John Wick, but it was originally written for like a 70 year old ex action star. I don't know if it was like a specific person in mind, but like they were trying to appeal to that exact same, like to that taken to that. Taken, yeah. Taken, yeah. Based on basically based on Taken, that genre of ex action stars coming back for direct to DVD movies like Dolph Lundgren, Bruce Willis, Liam Neeson, and they got Keanu Reeves, who together with Chad Stileski, like really elevated it to something entirely different. But uh, for a while, it was like building out of that same. I mean, the action movie landscape of the 2010s at that point. And then John Wick goes on to basically define a new era in action film. Like I would say every action movie that has come out since John Wick has more or less taken something from John Wick or has said, okay, the bar is raised now in terms of especially hand-to-hand combat, which Speed doesn't, well, Speed has one moment of hand-to-hand combat. (laughs) It's a ridiculous scene though, but it's like John Wick kind of elevates it to something different now. And now we all expect it. Now, if you were to watch Taken, you go, this is ridiculous. Like Taken is silly, but at the time Taken seems really great. I love the concept of Taken still. I think it's great. So I guess what we're kind of getting at is if you, um, if you additionally consider that Keanu Reeves was in the matrix, which <laughs> defined the two thousands in action movies, mm-hmm. would you say that Keanu Reeves is perhaps the most influential actor of all time? <laughs> um, No, just simply because I think even he would probably say it's just the movies that he picked, not necessarily like it's not because of him. It's he just happens to be in these movies that he would he would say it's the different directors. I think that he has clearly has an eye for something, but I don't even know. Like I've seen interviews with him talking about Matrix and people asking him, like, did you know it was going to be like this? He was like, absolutely not. He just thought it was interesting. And so he wanted to be a part of that. 
I think that Keanu Reeves is an incredibly influential actor. I don't even know how you would define the most influential actor of all time because they don't make like, would that be in terms of influencing styles of acting? That's a good question. Cause I was going to say like maybe Lawrence Olivier, but like, I don't know. He's just, he's I just mean, probably like the one of the best. Like, I don't yeah. know. That's actually a good point. I don't know if an act, can an actor be influential? <laughs> like, you have different schools of acting, right? Like mm-hmm. the um, like Stanislavski and uh, what's the other one? Like Adler, is that like a thing? Um, but I don't know if you can actually say a specific actor influenced. Th- that's a really interesting question now that I think about it a bit more. I feel like you can, can see actor? it more in comedy sometimes. Like yeah. certain But is that because though that they're writers? Like they're it's because the actor is serving as a writer on the movie, not necessarily they're acting. That's true, yeah. And then sometimes like yeah, like the scripts are written with like Jim like Laura well, Tomba, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey specifically had a lot of scripts written just for him. So Yeah, because he's great. But he, he had a very yeah. distinctive style for a time too, didn't he? Like Jim Carrey. His him, Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy, like they but then Again, I would say they had movies written around them, um, like to your point earlier. Yes, but because especially with Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler and probably also Eddie Murphy, I don't know if any one of them would describe themselves as an exclusively improvisational comedian. No. But they're really good at improv. So like when they get those scripts that are written around them, like they also elevate those and people mimic them, not the scripts afterwards. Like people that are influenced comedians that are influenced by dumb and dumber and ace ventura are probably influenced by jim carrey not by the person who, the people who wrote both of those movies yeah good point that was a really good point especially i think especially with that style of comedy mm-hmm. like yeah i'm just trying to think of other examples of that like in present day like who are the comedians right now that are like super super influential ryan reynolds i guess being like super quippy just the quippiness of that man and everyone probably, else tries to be quippy with him. Probably mm. Tim Heidecker. I mean, I don't know if he's actually, yeah, I think so. I would say Tim mm. Heidecker too. See, I, uh, cause that's the thing. That's a, it's an interesting point. Cause I usually associate comedy more with writing. Like I would say comedy, right. like good comedy comes from good writing because, um, I don't know if you guys watch like the always sunny in Philadelphia. If you guys watch that show. Yeah. So they have the podcast, right? So I I watch their podcast a lot. And the way that they break down, the way that they get through episodes is like there are moments of improv, obviously, and some of their greatest moments on that show come from improv. But mm. so much of it is scripted. So much of it is is really it they've already discussed it in the writer's room. Which and like mm. The Office is another one like that I would say like they a lot of people said um thought that The Office was had a lot of improv, but all of the actors come out and say like every single like head turned to the camera, little nods, little like faces. That's all written in the script. I guess suppose that's talking about more sitcom versus like Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy, Adam Sandler are just individual entities on their own versus mm-hmm. like their movies. But anyways, I digress. Part part of the point being that if you try to if, if you try to like move that into more dramatic acting, I don't know what it would mean for someone. I don't know how I would recognize if someone is particularly influenced in their acting by daniel day lewis yeah i don't know how i would recognize that 
Same. I, I don't know how that would be. I like and I maybe that's the frustration that a lot of like filmmakers have with actors is that they tend to take all the credit. Like a lot of people could look at Keanu Reeves as saying like, oh, yeah, he he influenced action from 90s to 2000s to 2010s and beyond. Well, you could say Daniel but, Day-Lewis was a big part of making method acting big, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, good point. Yeah, especially in like the 90s onwards. Yeah, really, really good. Point. Like if when I think of method acting today, I I think of him yeah i think of daniel day lewis not maybe a little bit de niro but like probably more so daniel day lewis because he was crazy i think he was just nuts with his method acting (laughs) well yeah because he's been pretty open about how he is a method actor in almost every movie where de niro did do meet the fockers and two (laughs) sequels which probably he didn't do method i don't know no but like in the (laughs) roles that made him de niro he did do that i, I think yeah. as he got older he stopped whereas i can understand why one day daniel day lewis says i have to make a point to stop making movies because this is exhausting i can't do this anymore you know because yeah. like and i don't know how he because i think he is married and has kids and stuff like that I'm like i don't know how you live with that because i don't think they did live with that actually i think he lived away from them i don't know it's well, weird I think, like, I, I, well, he's, he's doesn't, doesn't do movies very often right and then when he is shooting he probably does it for like four or six months or something and then maybe every at least like the last two or three movies he's done he said this is my last one and he's meant it every time so potentially he doesn't do movies at all anymore but like i don't think he does i think he's i think he's finished like i can't what was the last movie that he was even in i think it's been a really long time i think it was phantom which was like 2018 and then before that it was five years oh so maybe we're due for a daniel day lewis comeback it's like clearly he's willing to come back for the right script, but every time he says I'm done with acting after this one, he's not kidding. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think he does mean it in the time. I also think there is something to be said about like actors proclaiming that they're retiring. I'm like, I don't know if this is a career that you really retire from. I think you yeah. can very quietly also just stop making movies and not have to announce it. Like Gene Hackman, he just stopped making movies. He didn't really make a big fuss about it. Um, and and he, re- just, he really uh, did stop making. And I think uh, I just read the other day, like Shelley Duvall's last movie was 2020. Well, it was 2003 oh, wow. until this year when I think she's got one coming out. Michelle Pfeiffer took a lot of time off. She didn't retire, but like she took a lot of time off in, in like the middle of her career where a lot of people, I think, probably were a bit surprised that she, but she didn't really say anything. She just stopped making movies. And then I, mm-hmm. I believe she was just a mom for like, um, up until her kids grew up and then, and now she's kind of back which is nice because right. i really like michelle pfeiffer but i just think i always think that it's funny when actors feel the need to say i am retiring it's like we don't care just stop like just stop making movies for a while and if you want to come back come back because i can under it's not really a a, a profession that like it's not like laborious where like there will come an age where you just cannot get to, like me well actually there probably will come a time when you can't just physically make it to set which is very sad, but like generally speaking, you could technically be like Christopher Plummer was working well into his nineties. So I was like, yeah. you can be an old man and work or an old woman and work in this industry. But I hope Keanu continues to work in this industry up until he's in his nineties. Yeah. Apparently his goal is a hundred movies. He'd like to get a hundred credits under his belt. Oh, how many is he at? Um, he did say I mean- they did look it up. I guess I, I believe, probably shouldn't like. 
I want to say he's he's in his 70 something 70 something like he will get there I do think he will get to oh, the 100 yeah. uh, I think he's at 70 something should be on his IMDB oh, yeah. and his wiki page is full so one thing I definitely wanted to talk about you touched on it earlier is um, now a, a classic movie doesn't necessarily have to have an enduring influence, but I think that like speed probably does to a degree. And I wanted to ask you, like, what do you, what do you think the legacy of speed is? I suppose it goes back like to what I was saying, just like such a distinctive genre and time period, like a decade that really goes well with a particular genre. And you could say the same thing with nineties comedy. Cause I think nineties comedy is a very distinctive thing as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have this one movie, which is a part of that legacy. Like, I don't think you can talk about 90s action film without talking about speed. And Mm -hmm. I don't know in terms of like, I think another enduring quality of it is just simply the fact that it is one of Keanu Reeves movies, like and one of his more successful movies at that. But funny enough, I think with him, speed is not a movie that always comes up with people. I think a lot of people point to like, obviously the matrix um nowadays john wick uh point break maybe is is one of his more kind of well-known ones but i yeah i think i don't know necessarily if it how much it influenced action generally speaking i like you know you brought up ambulance and i do agree with you i think that if, if speed were made today it probably would be something like ambulance like it would look like ambulance But I don't know how many, like, not in the same way that John Wick really influenced action going forward. Like, I I don't know if Speed necessarily can lay claim to that. But I do think it's a movie that, I mean, it has held up over the, like, time. I think, you know, you said a classic movie doesn't necessarily need to be an enduring film. But I think that in order to be considered a classic, you kind of need to stand the test of time. Like all those movies from the 30s, 40s, 50s, there's been so many that, you know, were made and completely forgotten about. And that's not to say Mm -hmm. they're not good, but I think they're missing that element of a classic movie. Because a classic movie isn't necessarily a good movie either, I don't think. No, it just does have to have that enduring quality. I don't don't know exactly what my quote was, but yeah. I, I I think time is the biggest definer of a film like whether or not it's a if you can consider it a classic and that would be the same like with music for example like what's a classic song a classic artist like they had to have lasted just for among generations like it's something that gets passed down generation to generation and i think speed does i think that it, it holds up and i think that probably has a lot to do with keanu reeves to be honest like i think it has a lot to do with him in that he is an actor that every generation seems to fall in love with him for a very, very different reason. And so when you go back mm-hmm. and you look at his films and the most successful films, speed is definitely top among them. I think I would generally agree uh, here. It's a very exhilarating movie. And I, I hope <laughs> that more movies can kind of use the premise. Or not, sorry, not the premise, but like, I, I think it's a very well, it knows what it is. It does it very well. And, um, there's very little to it, but it's like a ride. It's a speedy ride. And, a speedy um, ride. Yeah. And <laughs> and I think it's just like the epitome of, of 90s action. And yeah. 
Um, so I, I maybe I don't know, like I, I don't know any movies that it might have influenced after it, but it definitely I feel like any movies that were trying the same style and concepts would definitely have a really hard time competing with speed. And maybe that's why the genre shifted uh, so soon after this movie came out, too. So, yeah. I think it's also like a really good point that you brought up that you can't really talk about 90s action without talking about speed. And I know that we've like talked about that for most of this episode, kind of. But at the same time, like when I'm thinking back on it, like when I think of 90s action, I think of a lot of things like, you know, for better or worse, like Steven Seagal and car chases, etc., whatever, like basic, uh, basic scenes and actors and stuff. But speed is like a full movie that you have to consider in the conversation. Like you can't say, Oh, it's one of Keanu's 90 action movie, nineties action movies. It's one of this actor's action movies. It's like, you have to actually talk about speed specifically where like, I don't know. I mean, I keep bringing up Steven Seagal and maybe I shouldn't, but like if you were talking about, if you were talking about Steven Seagal in the conversation of nineties action movies, I honestly can't even name one of his movies. I think he's important to that conversation, but like not for any specific movie, just kind of as an entity, I guess. And maybe, you know, for better or worse. It's funny. I think of Steven Seagal as like an eighties star but i just looked him up and he is definitely a 90s um, guy but for some reason i i clip him into the 80s um but no i think when you're looking at 90s action like to me there are it's speed face off like nicholas cage is also a really big part of this decade and this genre like he's a big reason it's like speed um con air face off like i said uh the rock and I think Lethal Weapon, even though Lethal Weapon kind of started in the 80s, I do, I kind of lump that into the 90s. But like those to me are the movies that, and I'm sure I've missed some, um, that kind of hold up what that type of action movie is. And it has been the thing that has come out the most as being, this is what has defined this decade and this genre. To the point that like we can say 90s action and people know what you're talking about. When you say, oh, like a 90s action movie, you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 that kind of movie. Um, just in the same way, like I, I keep comparing it to music, but like if you're talking about like like 50s music, like you understand what you mean by that type of music. Yeah, so uh, I forgot to re-listen to our Paddington episode, so I don't know how we end these episodes. Uh, Pierre, what do you what do you think of Speed? La- closing thoughts on Speed. Is it a classic? Uh, it, I don't know if I'd know enough about it to say it's a classic, but it's definitely an extremely memorable movie for a variety of reasons specifically the bus and uh, or the bus <laughs> drunk and um i i don't know i i'm tempted to watch speed 2 no don't do it how much love it. So bad. i think that whole concept is like i've i've never seen such like the star of a movie switched up with such a like i've never heard of the guy that replaces him and like i'm surprised that they would go through with it especially considering how I, I mean, I don't know if Keanu was very, very big at the time or if Speed made him big or something, but it blows my mind that they were trying to replace Keanu in his sequel. So they didn't try to replace him. Uh, we were or talking earlier about him, so. how Keanu like knows how to pick him, and he saw the script for Speed 2 and did not like it. And since his uh, contract okay. didn't require him to come back, he didn't. I also want to say it is like a very kind of legendary um, 
I think almost misquote because I don't think it's it's actually the timeline doesn't really match up. But a lot of people like to say how he decided to do Hamlet in Winnipeg instead <laughs> of doing this, which he did eventually do. Like he he did a run uh, as Hamlet in Winnipeg in some like I don't know some theater in Winnipeg. But he did that basically instead of doing Speed Two. But he also didn't work at 20th Century Fox for a very very long time because of how upset they were at him for not doing speed two and sandra bullock tried to really convince him to do it then the next movie he does with 20th century is was it that when the world stood still like it was a really really bad movie but that he he was basically banished like blacklisted from the studio for quite a while just because of this movie uh sandra bullock like i was uh, about to say was like she really really tried to convince him to come back and same with yon Bond. like they they both really really tried to but he was just like no i like i'm not i don't want it i don't want to do this one i'm gonna go to winnipeg and play hamlet also and i'm getting a lot of this from wikipedia so i don't know how much of it is true but also at the time he was a the bassist for a band called dog star yes yes he was he he had gone on tour (laughs) Shortly after this started, Speed 2 started production. And apparently, at the time, Fox put out... He accused Fox of putting out a smear campaign against him where they'd said, oh, he would rather do a tour with his band than do Speed 2. They were so mad at him. Like, it's actually kind of interesting to see. Like, they were so pissed off at him for not doing Speed 2. Like, I think they had... I I don't know exactly the... The, the machinations behind what went on but like it does seem to me that they put their eggs in a basket that the eggs in the basket the basket being Keanu was coming back for this and that was the only way that a speed two was really going to work but yeah I it, it didn't it didn't work at all and um they had the it was it's the weirdest sequel I've ever seen like I've seen it once and I'm actually maybe I've seen it a couple times but it's not good don't don't bother with it Pierre don't waste your time on that movie it's, it's so so bad shocking how good the cast is for it because it's got Willem Dafoe yeah it's got Morrison and then Sandra Bullock so I guess it's like it's not explicitly a better cast than the first one but it's like almost as big at least yeah. now I well, Willem Dafoe in particular, I think like that lends yeah. a lot of weight to it. But yeah, it's just it's not a good movie. And I always found it funny, like Keanu, I think one of the things that everybody loves so much about him is that like he just doesn't care about these things. Like he doesn't care about becoming the super, super rich man. Like he is very wealthy, obviously. But like a that speed two is a guaranteed payday for him. And he's still like, nah. I, I feel better going on tour with my very indie level punk band and heading up to winnipeg and and doing a little run there in theater like who does that like what kind of an actor does something like that and he goes on obviously to have an exceptionally successful career so it doesn't matter whether or not he did speed too but i don't know how many actors at that time would have been would have done what he did no matter how bad the script or how good the script was Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of funny how he keeps stumbling into like money anyways <laughs> like he's still like, he's like he, oddly the he guy that like he, he yeah it's like he didn't want to be rich he didn't want to be famous but it just happened to him anyway yeah he's one of the most rich famous actors in the world and <laughs> just like he just didn't care he was just cool. like i just wanted to make some movies like it just seemed like fun to make movies and like Stop he does take me. making movies very seriously though like i do like mm-hmm. hearing him talk about filmmaking because he he takes it very seriously and he really does love 
filmmaking. Like he is one of those actors. Cause I don't think every actor necessarily likes the industry or not the industry. They don't like the like actual filmmaking process that much. I think a lot of actors just like acting, but Keanu Reeves seems to have like a very, very deep investment in how movies are made and, and whether they're made well and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Good for him. That's why we love him. That's why we love him. I also want to just add my two cents on Paddington 2. Definitely a classic. It is a great movie. Love that movie. That's I'm 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 very excited for Paddington 3. I hope I'm almost a little scared because like Paddington 1 was so good. Paddington 2 was somehow better. Paddington 3 kind of has to be even better. Otherwise, it's a even otherwise it's a disappointment, even if it's still really good. I almost want them not to do it because I heard that the same director is not going to come back. Because I think he he already said he wasn't going to do it. I can't remember his he's name doing, now. He's doing yeah, a Willy, Willy Wonka, Wonka movie. So right. it's just titled Wonka because it's like I think it's the yeah. edgy, possibly edgy remake. Or something. <laughs> it's Wonka. it's the Maleficent, but for Willy Wonka. But with yeah, like yeah. Timmy Chalamet, I do love Timmy Chalamet. I think he's cool. Um, and he does have a very funny top hat in the promotional image they released. That one picture that keeps floating around about him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, so thank you very much for coming on, Rachel. Uh, Where can people find more of you? What do you got in the works? Thank you for having me. Um, As always, I think this is, what, my second episode that I've done with you guys? I think only second. Um, I did one with Dakota. It's third full episode, I think. Yeah. Because you did the Christmas episode, and then you did the voices. And then this is your third full episode. And Absolutely. your first one without Dakota. Yes, my first one without Dakota, yeah. Um, oh, you've sent voice before. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, where can you find me? I am my All my stuff is on rachelkh.com. And I'm on Twitter at underscore rachelkh. Don't use it that much, but I'm there. And that's, yeah, that's that. And uh, I'll link to all of that in the show notes. Um, Pierre, what's our last word for today? Speed. <laughs> that that makes sense. That worked out well. <laughs>